messages Heath and Michelle here let's get started hey <laughs> sounds good in the microphone you sound good talk to us what's that sound like I don't know yeah. what do I sound like <laughs> here we go see <laughs> so we have a first time t- podcaster here today and yeah. uh, those of you who have been listening to the show before you learned a little bit about Michelle uh, but we wanted you to get to know her from her own voice in front of the microphone She's uh, saying that it's not as easy as it looks. No, just getting started. not at all. It's <laughs> real nerve-wracking. It can be. But, uh, yeah, I, just, like, I close my eyes and listen to my audio levels in my head and go, okay, that sounds good. I'll be that guy. So relax and let's enjoy. So before we get uh, started on the topic at hand, I thought it'd be nice for the audience to just get a quick synopsis on, you know, l- the day in the life of who Michelle's been in the last... 38 years. You know, give us a quick heads up where you, where you, where you, <laughs> you come from. You just told him how old I was. <laughs> I did. I did. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, since we're talking, I guess, a little bit about relationship, um, I'll give you some of my relationship history yeah. and try not to bore you guys with everything else. Um, I was married once when I was about 22. Um, which was a very short marriage to my college boyfriend. And I've kind of been in and out of different relationships and single life and dating ever since. Um, We were talking before. I said I kind of expected I would be married like five times by now (laughs) (laughs) just because I've always been kind of a relationship person. Yeah, and... uh, Strangely enough, it hasn't happened again. I do have a uh, six-year-old daughter, so I got my got the baby in there, and she's great. And her father and I are navigating the challenging uh, waters of co-parenting. But Which is never easy. You know, I've been going through that for many years. Yeah, yeah. yeah it definitely wasn't easy in the beginning. It's, it's settled down a little bit now, which is nice. I'm really mm-hmm. grateful for that. And now here I am with you. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. A swipe right later, actually. Yeah, we did, we did a meet swipe. Online. We did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. That's pretty cool. And I was uh, sharing the last episode that, you know, we've been pretty much going at this thing for a year now. We kind of last uh, birthday, September-ish, October-ish. Kind of yeah. said, hey, why don't, we, uh, why don't we be a thing? Yeah, it's been yeah a little over a year, mm-hmm. and it's definitely been interesting. Little didn't know we we knew that we'd be quarantining. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's mean. been a big uh, change, a big challenge. But yeah, I mean, that could have uh, either made or break it, break us. I think mm-hmm. in some ways, right? Yeah. Yeah, I felt kind of guilty in the quarantine because um, I was kind of enjoying the quarantine i i felt like i was thriving during quarantine know, and everybody that. else was having such a hard time so it was nice to to hang out here with you more and figure out what that looked like yeah i've enjoyed it a lot and we just set up a fish tank tonight even that's and you know 
That's kind of fun. Who does that? We did. <laughs> Cute little domestic uh, yeah. chores. Yeah, yes. we have a planter pot now in the house. That's uh, our mutual. and yeah, fish. Yeah, we got, yeah, exactly. We do need to name the fish. Yeah, the fish has no Just name. Think people. about it. Yeah. Anybody <laughs> wants to write in any right options, in. <laughs> uh, give us ideas for the fish. That would be cool. Nice, yeah. So we were kind of what we were listening back to all the other podcasts michelle was right there with me listening to them and as i was kind of putting them out and giving feedback she's an avid uh podcast listener by the way do you want to give us just a quick update on like your your world with podcasts oh my god i'm such a podcast junkie i listen to all kinds of different different podcasts and um but yeah talking on one is totally different what are some of your podcasts, just to throw it out there? Oh, my absolute favorite is um, Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard. Um, I do a little true crime. That's kind of how I got into podcasts. Um, a lot of sobriety stuff. And then some real trashy like uh, reality TV things that I'm embarrassed to share. So the the quarantine, I guess, and uh, you and I getting to know each other a little bit more. I uh, I'm not the cool girl I tried to be (laughs) in the beginning. Right. Mm. uh, Mm. And that's a great way to kick us off, I think, on our topic, you know, is because we've you and I've been, you know, kind of tossing around. I mentioned it even the last episode in regards to, you know, kind of sometimes we seek negative love or unhealthy love. It's it's almost just as good as good love, if not better, Michelle said, not more sexy or fun <laughs> or a little scandalous or, uh, you know, adventurous, etc. And so we were kind of looking at, you know, uh, spending more time talking about, well, what does mature love look like in a way that is also still fun and sexy and not scary and and getting us to a place of doldrum, right? That we actually are enjoying the benefits of it. And I think that was one of the fun things I mentioned about the guy in Miami right, in the last episode too, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, you know, th- there are these benefits to actually, you know, having a really cool relationship with somebody over a long period of time. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, a lot of what I used to think of as, as love, um, the fun and exciting, the butterflies, the emotional roller coasters of uh, what relationships look like. Um, I think, you know, going forward, trying to figure out <laughs> how to how to avoid a little bit of that um, emotional turmoil would be wise. <laughs> um, I don't know where um that's that sanity thing that we talked yes. about last time right and sustainability right? Yes. we're kind of still trying to carry that conversation forward a bit right can we i think so i think it's just the the goal is to figure it out for ourselves because mm-hmm. clearly exactly we don't know, <laughs> we don't know yet we don't know we're trying um yeah. yeah but still you know still have it be interesting i mean i think i told you I know I told you when we first met on the swiping thing and we were kind of texting back and forth or whatever I had, I, I said, yeah, break my heart. <laughs> right. Like I you wanted did. someone, I wanted mm-hmm. a little distraction. I, I think my profile said I was looking for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, what I said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I meant, you know, emotional entertainment. Mm-hmm. I wanted something to get excited about. I wanted something to, you know, make me feel something. Mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily being mature about, you know, trying to look for a, a partner mm-hmm. or, um, 
something you know really lasting um mm-hmm. although at that point i i wasn't really ready for anything lasting right, <laughs> so right, i was exactly. still figuring out a little my entangled still a little bit i was yeah, yeah. I was still uh, living in the same house with my uh my my baby daddy I like that so yeah <laughs> yeah be proud of it it's a good yeah, yeah. A, a three-year-old <laughs> and uh yeah so it was a mess so i i definitely wasn't at a place to be looking for a mature relationship but and um, here i am here you <laughs> are like the perfect pick back i then. know right uh, <laughs> then I too know. i was no i'm not perfect but just saying yeah <laughs> I, I was pretty much ready to provide some entertainment, entertainment. yeah you definitely <laughs> did that um and you know that that could have been all it was but yeah but here we are i so know how about that trying yeah. to figure out how to keep it going and keep it entertaining and uh behave like grown-ups yeah, you know, uh, this sh- on the show we talk a lot about stories, you know, and kind of sh- journey through that conversation through, you know, backstories. And I was thinking about a few stories that, you know, I had about uh, what, you know, different examples of mature love that I could pull in, you know, in honor and bring into this one. Um, and, you know, asked that you do the same. And mm-hmm. so... Um, I really honestly uh, could only come up with one intimate relationship <laughs> that I was maturing in the last 48 years of my life. I mean, that was a little bit of a, a kick on the chin for myself because I realized that I had, I, I couldn't really claim that they were very <laughs> mature relationships. Well, you stole my line because <laughs> <laughs> really? I really had to reach to. Um, yeah. So why don't you, yeah, tell me about yours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I have, I have a, basically I have three people and then here we are making every effort too. Right. So, uh, one was intimate relationship when I was back in my early twenties of all things. And, uh, and then I have two friends who I think embody that. We'll talk about that, but I'll start with the intimate one. So I was, I was a long haired, uh, art student, uh, working at the Boyer's coffee shop in Denver, Colorado. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a true story. And I had just stopped waiting five. I literally had made this very de- de- decisive decision in my life, um, that, I, and it's actually kind of a little bit of a fun story. So I can kind of kick it off with that as I was sitting around in the Denver center for performing arts at the theater cafe and I had worked there typically and it made a lot of money and I felt like I was in a cultured environment and uh, the last place I'd imagine myself was you know serving coffee at a coffee shop so but then I was sitting around with all of these really eclectic and eccentric people and uh, who were the waiters and then also the actors and all of them were saying hey I'm a graphic designer or I'm an actor or I'm a you know I'm I'm, I'm going to be a producer of these films or whatever and I was I was asking all these waiters, like, wait a minute, but what was the last graphic design piece you'd done? What is the the last, uh, you know, any real creative thing that you're saying you're being or what efforts are you making towards it? And it always came back to, well, I wait tables. I can't make money, more money than this elsewhere. I'm trying, but it just looked more like a hobby. And it frankly scared the shit out of me. And that's why I'm sitting here today on the podcast as I decided to take, you know, this future self, you know, very seriously. And so I could not do much other than I drove around strippers and I worked at a coffee shop. <laughs> Tell us more about that. <laughs> I'll come back to the stripper story, <laughs> but I definitely made it to the coffee shop and that's where I met this lovely woman, Judith, who came in uh, for her morning coffee typically. And I was 22 and she was 52. So it, it was hmm. definitely, uh, you know, everybody had their opinion about that and what, what that relationship looked like from the outside. 
right? And that's the unconventional version, right? Typically, it's the older man and the younger woman. Yeah, unless you're like the pool boy, you know what I mean? Right. And like, uh, here I am, you know, the, the coffee the, boy. The, the coffee boy, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Want to get me a little of that barista? Yeah, right. And so it was very odd because it wasn't, you know, I, I don't, typically don't share where I eat, and where meeting <laughs> people at work is not my thing, you know. So I'm, I'm sharing that in other conversations we've had, right. but nonetheless, uh, you know, this. And I met Joaquin at this exact uh-huh. same coffee shop, who's you know been one of my dearest friends of 26 years, and uh, we met at the same place, right? So it was this kind of symbolic. Uh, moment for me of having met him and met uh, Judith and so I met Judith and I was the I was the coffee boy who like went out after and because she was going to the grocery store next and like waited for her by the door in the snow to help you know pack her groceries into the car and see if I could get her number (laughs) (laughs) and I did and I moved in with her you know uh, six months later imagine that yeah so uh and of course she had this beautiful house and she'd been world traveled and was a wholesaler of international goods and had culture and style and and was very spiritual and and um you know involved in the spiritual community and at that time you know I was still very you know much uh spending some dedicated time of my own in pursuing those kinds of uh, ways of life and so to me we did have this kind of pocket i guess of bliss right where we were both very genuine and down to earth and you know we weren't being overly materialistic and we i don't think we were operating on a shit ton of ego and we just genuinely liked each other and you know she was 52 looking like she was going on 40 right and so uh and you know i thought i was very mature for my age having moved out of the you know young age and so it all seemed you know like the thing and then she hit menopause and I was like 23, <laughs> four oh years no. old and she's going through menopause and I'm thinking I might be too young for this is one thing, uh, which I, yeah, I've always had to look back at and wonder about, but then, you know, it was all meant to be. She's found a, a great partner for the rest of her life. And that was one of my, my one and only real, like, wow, we were really cool and good and we didn't take each other for granted and we taught each other a lot and we had a genuine love and it was easy yeah. and healthy, you know? That uh, that sounds lovely, actually. But why do you think that was a more, what you would call, mature love? Exactly. That's you're great. It's like why we tell these stories, right? Yeah. Like, I think one thing was is that I had um, it somehow inspired me to um, be my higher self. I mm-hmm. guess we've used that term a lot. I don't want to overuse it on the show, mm-hmm. but I mean at, at that time. Uh, because I was surrounded by so much, um, she had this lovely house that was a high aesthetic, which you know I like, and it kind of taught me that I love high aesthetic. <laughs> and uh, and so that's when I joined a keto uh-huh. and, and was you know doing regular keto, and that's when you know meditation was a daily practice, right? And she was introducing me to things like ghee, you know, and, and better foods, and you know Pramahansa yoga stuff that my mom had been talking about, but I'd never really taken firsthand because I was rebelling against all yeah. that, right? And so I think one of the things was that kind of helped me remove my rebel uh-huh. um, would be one thing I would take away from it uh, and kind of give it lean in more on yeah. that without that rebel self and uh, and then just the daily practices uh, and the kind of commitment to some kind of uh, you know I want to be this good, a better good person and mm-hmm. this is kind of what that person looks like and I think often past that I stopped knowing what that person maybe looked like or stopped even looking and took it from like a first person point of view versus then it was kind of, I had an idealistic version of myself and sure. it was like practically some kind of profit someday. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's one of the best uh, things about relationship when you can 
get in that sweet spot where where you are inspired uh, to grow and to learn and you know you like somebody so you're a little more open-minded you're a little more pliable you know to get into the stuff they're into and um, I think that's you know a lot of the the gifts that we can get from each other um I you know I I had to stretch and reach uh for some example of of a mature romantic relationship and uh, I don't have one per se that is uh, pieces and parts then of some yeah the well, the only one I could come up with and um it's no longer a romantic relationship but uh my child's father and I um just recently I mean it's taken us she's six and we started dating you know a few years before she was born so it's taken us about eight years to find ourselves in a place where I think we're now able to have a mature love um familial love or friendship love yeah um you know I I like you had a a relationship back there with uh, a man about 20 years older than I was. And I really expected that relationship um, to be, you know, a more mature relationship. Um, I was about 26 when we met and he was 47, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that didn't turn out to be so mature of a relationship. Super adventure though. I love hearing the stories. You traveled the world together. Yeah. And, uh, exposed well, he to was, the, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, he was quite wealthy, so that was nice. I got to you know go on some really nice trips and uh, meet some interesting people, and you know f from that perspective, I learned some things from him about you know business and and life, and I was able to put in perspective the you know the the wealthy people and the rich and famous people, and you know we lived out in L.A. and I had this idea um of all these other people and so that was a good learning experience to kind of put that in a perspective that that everybody is the same we all have the same problems you know i'm they're not some different class of of humans uh just because they have money or or fame uh, but as far as our relationship <laughs> i don't know that it was super mature and you know i obviously had a huge part in that i was figuring myself out still figuring myself out uh, but you know I was probably not my best self at that time mm -hmm. and the Gavin uh, you know experiences that you're having now which I, I would agree just from you know looking from the outside and being a part of this with you seemed awesome you guys do something you're making a really uh, that you have that common experience and love for each other that is coming you know in a really respected way and it's uh, there's only good things that can come from that what are some of the ways those are showing up as him as your ally or him as your friend or him as your your child partner you know how is it what are some of the examples that kind of touch your make you feel more comfortable and confident in the relationship um i feel you know after enough time with him that we are and because we share a child that we are you know a family forever whatever that looks like I do feel like he has my best interest at heart he's supportive of me you know I feel the same way I want nothing but the best for him uh, I feel like we both want the best for our child and I think it's really taken you know I, I 
I think we had a decent relationship for for a number of years there, and and then uh, you know went a little awry. Um, but I think the removal of the romantic love and the emotional reactiveness was it now allows us to actually be genuinely friends and and want the best for each other, and. Um, it's taken a lot of time to figure out boundaries. Like we, for a while, had really, you know, murky boundaries. And I was, when Elodie was a baby, I was going on vacation with him because I didn't want to hand my baby off to go to another country. And so, you know, we were sharing a house. And so, yeah, figuring out where the line is um, has been kind of a delicate process. But I I feel like recently we're, we're really getting there. So that's, yeah. That's my only example. All my other romantic relationships have been filled with, not completely, but, you know, enough drama. And, yeah, uh, some paint shopping, some shit yeah, shows, and some letting go, and stacking, things like that, and stacking, and all that, too. Crazy behavior, yeah, yeah okay. mine and other people's, and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, some of that also comes from some some outside issues that, uh, you know, I I needed to work through on my own to Mm -hmm. be available for a mature relationship Mm -hmm. um and without addressing those things in myself Mm -hmm. um you know i think it was going to be the same thing over and over either based on the people i was choosing or or my own behavior so yeah at 38 i feel like i'm (laughs) just now i just now have the capacity to uh participate possibly in a mature <laughs> relationship isn't that wild i feel the same way just like right now just in a little different age group here but right you know, we're yeah slow learners slow learners <laughs> <laughs> or maybe rebellious i don't know yeah but you know i mean even you know with the gavin thing and seeing that kind of um unfold over the time that we've been together as friends before uh-huh. and then, you know and uh um and friends with benefits from before <laughs> a little bit right? that maneuvered into a relationship but um, I asked, you know, hey, well, I mean, you guys actually do get along really well. You do really know each other well. You kind of commu- can finish each other's sentences in some ways, right? You get familiarity. You know, mm-hmm. wh- why not rework it out? You know, while you've got Elodie. Yeah. You know, what's, you know, what's the stop, you know? And you, you seem pretty convicted that you guys felt like this was definitely, you wanted to make sure that the romantic side was removed from this or, or you know, was there anything there that was definitive about why you, you guys haven't made that decision? Um. Yeah, I mean, we, we, kicked that decision around here and there uh you know on on both of our ends through different expressions um and yeah i i think that when once the emotional pain once you have enough space away from whatever emotional pain you're having it's you just can't really go back um but yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. There was a point where it would have just sort of made more sense. But uh, I don't know that either of us were willing to um, open ourselves up to that again. I think there's sometimes just too much, too much that's been done. Um, you know, yeah, too much emotional. Yeah, I mean, struggle. I, I I've always said, you know, like I I'm just like super long fuse, you know. Now, again, whether it's in, you know, healthy love or unhealthy love, it's pretty much the same. There's like a long fuse. So yeah. it means I can live out the shit show longer or I can live out the good stuff longer, I think. Right. Uh-huh. But once it hits that last little 
that last little snip that, you yeah. know, that just kind of goes out. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've pretty much had a record of never going back right. p- past that sniff of, of the, the flame. You right. Know? And so. I'm uh, glad I know that. Yeah. I'm so worried. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> am I pushing too far? Is the fuse? When's it gonna? Where's the breaking point? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I often throw up a whole bunch of like, you know, red lights and say, "Don't go this far, yeah. please." Just you know, back it up a notch, and you know. But anyway, yeah. So I felt the same way, right? People ask me that, of course, when I had two young sons, and Nikki and I, you know, seemed to have charisma together, and mm-hmm. at least, right? And it's like, why aren't you guys being more mature and more responsible, and just, you know making this family of marriage again yeah but like you said there is such a thing as compatibility you know intimately and in partnership and Mm -hmm. and sometimes i know that brings me to my second story which is you know my other example is is with uh judy who i've talked about on the show and she's uh, came into my life about 17 years ago and helped me raise uh, my boys Mm -hmm. uh, and has been a dear friend in the process and we actually are both born on the same day february 5th which is crazy gives us a lot of weird you know compatibility you know and and as you've seen co-living and everything yeah and judy's great you and, know and she lives here for all you out there and she lives <laughs> here i live with two women and she's um, awesome in the house sister wives sister wives exactly <laughs> and um and so you know yeah we in the same way of you know having co-custody really i feel like i cook i'm i can say for myself i certainly uh shared raising my children with their mother and and we had that experience and that was that experience for the boys and that's what it was meant to be so it's it's a beautiful thing uh but my experience with co-raising uh was with with judy right and uh and when and we didn't have the romantic uh she was married and uh from trinidad and you know i was still kind of newbie dad i didn't have any clue what i was doing and uh you know doing a lot of healing of my own of you know not having a dad trying to be a dad you know which is you know probably all at once she kind of came in during a young overwhelmed man's life at the age of 30 (laughs) and a wild man at that right and so but she's embraced me unconditionally right Mm -hmm. and uh and i i think she feels the same that i've embraced her unconditionally yeah and um and that we uh we don't you know we don't disrespect each other hardly ever i can can't imagine a time when we've made an attempt to show disrespect i mean whether it be if our actions did that then we try to take accountability for that but actually make an intention to you know do that sometimes that remote romantic relationship stuff where you kind of throw a dagger into somebody or try to hurt somebody because you're hurting or Mm -hmm. want attention or whatever right we just removed that entirely from the equation and it just kind of allowed us to get um um you know to have a a long lasting i believe mature Mm -hmm. uh love yeah. For each other. Yeah. I think the removal of that romantic aspect definitely gives a lot of clarity. Um, and yeah, you don't I think a lot of the problems that people have in their romantic relationships are when we are acting out of fear and, um, you know, where our motives are coming from and the power balance that comes along with with you know the man woman sexual intimate relationship and so if you don't have that power balance or that struggle or you're not you know searching for some sort of validation and you don't have all of those pieces I think it's easier to um yeah to love and accept somebody for who they are and try to be collaborative and work together and maintain um a relationship whether it's 
you know, in, in both of these examples, we're talking about raising children. So I think maybe having a common goal is is helpful to nurturing that kind of mature relationship. That's a great point. Actually, having a common goal too. Yeah. So yeah, kind of summarize here. I mean, we've got few findings, right? You know, um, having a common goal being one is can be very helpful in <coughs> excuse me, creating a, a more mature kind of uh, respectful love. Maybe mm-hmm. um, uh, again, I think um, being friends. Yeah, right? you know what I mean. I I find that unfolding more and more uh, in our relationship and in my ability to both give and receive love with you. Is is that you know as as much as I'm still physically attracted to you and and have a romantic love for you. Tell me that again. Yeah, I'm just terribly, <laughs> incredibly physically attracted to you and oh. have very romantic feelings for you. Uh. Um, I do find that I can uh, you know kind of be my best self in the relationship. You know, kind of whatever that looks like, and be more thoughtful and be less jealous and less of an asshole and whatever that comes up is when I'm looking at you as a friend, when I'm finding ways, like I talked about in the last thing of the love tank stuff, of, uh-huh. you know, kind of the friendship, you know, yeah. uh, is becomes a baseline. I think the friendship is really uh, one of the most important things. Um, I do think for, for a mature relationship or a lasting one, that friendship is definitely you know, I would say the most important thing you've uh, kind of taught me and I've, you know, opened my eyes a little bit to the romantic component is also something we need to nurture. I may have been guilty in the past of, you know, once you settle in with somebody, you know, leaning more on the companionship and the friendship and kind of forgetting about the romantic, you know, sexual, intimate partnership. Um so that's something I try to keep in mind. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I I had a funny joke, but I forgot it. <laughs> no, I, really? You think it'll come back? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It was something witty. That was a great, it was a great opening there. But D- damn it. I know. I had to thank you, though. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. I really appreciated you. Um exploring that with me in all ways and it's been uh as you knew it was kind of one of my you know, big fears and <laughs> <in, in laughs> beating of the drum right it's right. like what's what's up with you Heath? yeah but yeah i mean I, i'm sure it can even feel like a burden in the early times maybe of someone who's oh such a burden <laughs> <laughs> let me get dressed up cute and make sure we have sex yeah no not uh, a burden. Not a burden? No, you mean. All right, well, it's working. Um, yeah, and so I guess, you know, another story of mine from a friendship thing as well as I think, you know, Sue Terry has uh, showed up as a, a friend that I've been able to have over, um, I guess now a decade, right? Which, once again, is a non-romantic, you know, kind of uh, like what I had when you were kids, when you were, you know, like we talked about with my friend Corey as a but kid. But you met her on a swiping app, did you not? We did meet <laughs> online. We brief brief <laughs> dating experience but you know keep going post then i think we you know we've made a you know very healthy mature decision to you know turn a, what was a me- initially a dating uh-huh. experience into a very uh f- real true friendship which is a, as you've seen what i've gone through even lately with uh, uh, love and loss and mm-hmm. friendships you sure. know um i i you know i truly treasure them more and more now and i really get more how uh, you can count your friends on one hand at the end of your life, and you're lucky. You know what I mean? And that's what I think also really, um, you know, kind of started to help me make dis- good decisions about 
being a relationship. You know, I always called you know her for a lot of sanity around relationships, and she always said, "When you get, you know, who gets an intelligent analyst as a woman <laughs> giving you advice on women, right? Yeah. Like you're a lucky guy. You right? are lucky. And so, she's given me a lot of good advice over the years. It's actually helped shape me into um, more of, I think, somebody who's more uh, available for this kind of relationship now with you, right? Um, but also just kind of, uh, I think, looking at friendships and, you know, less is best. I now, and as you've talked about, you like having a person. And I was on the micro, you know, more so, I mean, we like dating, and we all like dating, but we also really prefer having a person, is what you yeah, said. Yeah, I'd much rather have a person. Right, that's kind of what you said. Yep. And my friend Roman was on the mic here a bit ago, and he said the same thing. Like, he's a person who wants to have his person, right? And I think that I was kind of uh, fighting this idea that, you know, once you have a person, you just become codependent Mm -hmm. in a relationship, right? And then kind of reset. You just start kind of like the romance starts to die. You kind of like start to take each other for granted. You now feel like you can uh, cross boundaries with each other and, and, you know, actually put each other's lives at risk in some cases, you know, whether it be through... Uh, abuse or of any kind or just you know making bad decisions right and so uh, uh, I was you know kind of thinking to myself and we talked about this with the codependent versus the codependent right yeah I I was thinking to myself you know wow I've spent probably one of the reasons why I haven't been able to really have a a real mature relationship until now uh, you know other than that brief glimpse of a moment in my 20s was is that you know I was kind of assuming all relationships were pretty much guaranteed to become codependent and that was a negative right and so uh, and i you know been exposed to these books growing up from my mom with you know women who love too much and codependent no more codependent no more (laughs) exactly you know like i indulged on all those to kind of understand what they look like probably then played them out and now i know so i have first-hand experience but um you know I, i probably didn't have a lot of faith that people had the skills or the tools to get through and navigate through those codependent relationships once they got too codependent once they got they became dependent on each other more and so then i think that caused me to probably have a lot of arm's length in relationship and and that that sent a lot of mixed messages to other partners that i had where i was probably saying oh i'm all about the love and we got to be love and then I'm kind of throwing out this fearful stiff arm right. that says, but only. But only, yeah. Right. That's exactly what I was just about to say. <laughs> but only this much. Exactly. Yeah. Any thoughts on, on that? And, you know, kind of, the, you, but just to tap that off is that you really brought and have brought, and you've said this all along, but you really kind of, before we got on the show, you really brought it to the attention of mine of, what well, wait, I mean, there's, of course, all that other nasty shit, but there's this real sense of, it's nice to be dependent on another person. That's what you do in relationship. Tell me more about what that looks like. Maybe we can paint more of a picture about even a fantasy version that we haven't lived. Of yeah. What, what um, really, you know, having those kinds of partnerships, dependency, and an intimate partnership, right? We've kind of explained it now with co-parenting. But mm-hmm. it might be interesting to imaginate what we kind of, our visual idea of this is. Right. So What's our ideal, ideal version right? of a mature relationship? That's the word I was um, yeah, well, I, I can relate. I think all those fears that you were talking about are really common. Um, that And, you know, trying to figure out where is that balance between, you know, protecting yourself and your own boundaries and then, you know, w- what's the word they use? Um, loving 
not blindly, fearlessly or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like a radical love concept. Radical talks about. love yeah, or love yeah, being mm-hmm. fearless and courageous and not being worried about, you know, getting hurt or holding people at arm's length. Uh, I think that's really tricky and challenging. And I think the older you get, um, I know for myself, I'm more, I think I'm getting better at keeping those boundaries, uh, which in one sense is a good thing, but I think you, we can also go a bit too far where we do our relationships a disservice, um, by, you know, kind of insulating each ourselves from, from our partners and it's, uh, yeah, it's a really tricky thing and my, you know, I just was kind of arguing with you about, about codependence because I just feel like it, the word in general gets kind of a bad rap. Like I don't, um, I don't want to encourage people to be codependent, but if you look at, at a marriage or a partnership, I feel like there is an aspect of that, that you're on a team with somebody, somebody is your person. Like it's okay to be dependent on, on another human. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I do, I kind of would like that sort of partnership in my life. Um, I've swayed there now, right? <laughs> like I have, like I'm, I'm truly swayed on it. Right. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, whether, whether I can live into it, you know, how, you know, how much more I can get fearless about love. I mean, that's really the journey we're on. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, but I do think, you know, learning to, that, that it is, uh, that, that it's actually that shit that I like now, that that's actually fun. Right. That it's, and that's one thing I'm learning from it is, if it's if you really it's like a job they say you do what you love right you know if the, if the relationship is actually showing up you know and and it's it feels exciting and there's you know we're looking forward to future things that we're talking about doing together or you know we get to uh you know i don't know you know s- s- scare you around the corner to make <laughs> you laugh or something <laughs> you spook yours you know something just silly stuff yeah. right it's just kind of like you, you're actually getting what you want in the relationship you're enjoying it and so there's got to be like a reward versus this whole umbrella. Well, this is what we're supposed to go into as a relationship, right? And make it something. It's kind of, I don't know. It's from the inside out. It seems fun. And it formed into a relationship more and more for me every day. Yeah. From the fun of it. Not because yeah. I decided to make it a relationship more. Exactly. I, I didn't wake up today and go, I'm going to double down on my relationship with Michelle and really make sure I get more of a relationship out of it. You know, it's more like, how, what, what, you know, how more can I give into this to enjoy it and receive yeah yeah i think things naturally um evolve in relationship but i think if we are too mindful or too aware of you know what our motives are and oh wait wait let me not be codependent or you know things like that we can kind of get in our own way yeah Um, overthinking it in that mm -hmm. sense right Mm -hmm. it's like can we just live it (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know (laughs) we Mm -hmm. have to talk about it and think Mm -hmm. about it all the time um and we've talked about that which is kind of funny like you know we, when we were in our friendship mode and and had uh you know we were very playful at sharing lots of our backstory and yes. our history right and oh, i think no. you know you've laughed and you know, <laughs> we, we, that's a whole other podcast so that's why we know you're going to be coming back but yeah um but you know i did i do think it's uh it was fascinating that we you know had to you know we are and we do and we and, and had to walk through kind of having all this extra information uh about yeah. our, our past that we you know, uh, some we're proud of and some we're not. And, and, and then being able to move forward fearlessly uh-huh. in the relationship and, and find our own versions of, 
you know, getting over our own shit and radical love and all that stuff that I do think plays a part in, in people becoming more trusting and a more stable uh, relationship because they kind of have given in to all their opinions about the other and, you know, just choosing it. Yeah, I think, you know, the one thing we have, the one gift we have is that I think we both know what we're getting. Yeah, <laughs> and I love what that. we're in I for. S- I, w- I wouldn't do it over again. I mean, no. Like, you know, yeah, no, but I like there's that probably too. some information that uh, <laughs> we both would prefer not to have. So much uh, so. And no regrets, but still, yeah, I could have erased some of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We haven't both been able to present the uh the beautiful and and charming and perfect facade of maybe the <laughs> the person I would like you to see right but um but I think it's actually better that we have come to see the actual real and authentic person um and yeah it brings up a lot of you know sometimes not a lot but from time to time vulnerability and trust issues and uh one thing that that i was thinking of when you were talking about keeping relationships at arm's length and kind of you know compartmentalizing or only only to a certain point is that there's there's no room for personal growth there i Mm. think if you continue to just move different people through you kind of run through the same um kind of exercise of the start of a relationship um so i think it's nice to be able to practice Mm. all of these things you know dealing with trust issues or being mindful about Mm. our personal boundaries or deciding how we're going to design our relationship or you know if you can stick around with another person it, it gives you the opportunity to yeah practice these things and uh possibly grow and change so yeah that's that's all the wise wisdom I that was, have that was, that that was a major drop i love that yeah yeah you know and it's kind of as i was as i was it was washing across me on that and it just feels good hearing you say it um you know, I remembered when I just came out of the divorce and uh, I used to be a big hugger, I was like a hippie hugger, you know, I, I still <laughs> hug long now, right? But I was the whole heart to heart hugger kind of guy. <clears throat> and after I went through the trauma of the divorce and having these two kids and life kind of crashing on me for a minute, I noticed that I had started having panic attacks when people tried to hug me. Like not panic attacks, I just mean like my heart would race, right? Mm. And it would, that it, it, it never happened before. Right, like I was like way too groovy hugger. It was probably <laughs> good, good to find the middle ground. This probably saved a lot of people from a lot of you know ridiculously embarrassing. You're that hugs awkward guy, right? I was dinner then. party. I was so that awkward guy, and I'm glad I'm not now to be frank. You know, <laughs> well, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, no, I'm still yeah, tamed down. I hope, but you know what really rocked me to the core was is that I felt I felt it at the very beginning uh, when I was hugging my children. And that was kind of like, it was almost like hitting an emotional rock bottom, right? I'm like, I can't carry on, you know, I got to heal something in me, you know, in order for me not to have my heart beat when my little four-year-old innocent, beautiful child comes and rubs up into my arms, Mm -hmm. right? And so that, and so you mentioned another episodes you know i did a bunch of therapy time <laughs> yeah. the, you know therapy of the heart and did all kinds of eft and tapping and you know different methods to like you know kind of get over that first level of trauma sure and uh and of course you know now you see me 
do the ridiculous long hugs with my boys all the time, right? You're a witness to that. No, never. We love each other, and we're not afraid to show it. But it's uh, but you know, I probably you know that that's the work I feel like I'm doing even now with you and softening up that same place that maybe doesn't have heart, you know, panics anymore with true hugs and intimacy, you know. But you know. I get to because I still do it with other people, right? Like if I don't know somebody, yeah, I mean, it hasn't gone away entirely. I just I forced it to go away with my children, yeah, which gave me the opportunity to know that it didn't go away for good, right? And as you know, I've gotten really close with you and comfortable and everything, right? I don't yeah. feel that at all, yeah, right? But I know that it's there, and so it's almost like you know, how deep can I go with you know, you know, and uh, how is there what's you will probably help you know mirror that back is where's my own stiff arm, right? Because uh-huh. I'm sure you could go into a whole other podcast about. You know where my stiff arm still is in, yeah. in our relationship. Maybe I I don't you actually know. have anything to say on that. All right, uh, good. Well, <sighs> I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll save it for another show. But no, yeah. but I I relate um, <clears throat> with that that struggle, right? I feel like it's that internal struggle of you know when to be soft and when to harden up, and how much you know. And I it makes me sad sometimes when I feel like I've gotten too self-protective or too you know hard towards the world um and and I think that happens to people as a method of of self-protection and you know I you don't want to lose that um because you just don't want to be this weeping ball of you know emotion and you know basically like you're walking around with no skin but you also I don't want to be the other way um, and it comes up in all kinds of relationships, but in romantic relationships, it's, I think it's especially important. Like when is it safe to be vulnerable? When is it safe to invest, you know, how much intimacy do you give this person? How much, um, of your own boundaries do you break? How codependent, you know, are you willing to get? And I feel like if it's too much, it's wrong. If it's, but if it's too little, you know, you're not giving the, the relationship a fair shot. So, yeah, I find that really challenging and, and kind of just an interesting thing to think about. Um, well said. Thanks for sharing <laughs> that. I mean, really, I, I agree. I mean, I, well, uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's a good, that's what we're doing the show for, really, right? So these are the things that we're navigating through. Yeah. We're assuming other people are having the same kind of conversations or opinions or thoughts, at least, and maybe they're not having the conversation, which yeah. is why they tune no. into a podcast. I'm yeah. sure they are. I'm sure they are too. Exactly. Um, yeah. But no, I, I feel like, you know, sometimes with you, I joke and I say like, I do cry. Like, I don't have a cold <laughs> black heart. She, right? she's, she's pretty stoic. Yeah. Like, and I you. don't, I don't necessarily want to be that way. And I feel like when I was younger, I was, I was so emotional and empathetic and things just really hurt me. And, you know, made, I felt, and that's probably, you know, part of the reason when I told you in the beginning, I, please break my heart. Right. Like that's what I was asking. Give me a little fun. Give me a little adventure. Somebody make me really feel something. Um, but yeah, I do. I do cry. I don't have a <laughs> cold black heart. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm the opposite now. She's seen it's ridiculous. I, I cry all the time, and it's it's stupid. It's <laughs> like I used to be the guy who's like, since I haven't cried since I was beaten as a child in fourth grade, and I I spent my whole childhood not crying and couldn't cry and. And it was actually true. And then I saw Schindler's List and I haven't stopped crying. So, oh, yeah. yeah it that just one like that, that yeah. one just wrote that little pink dress, you know, I just like too. just boom, everything came out of me. And from that moment on, I, I, I cried. And now I cry mm-hmm. over like Sister Act 2. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
Well, I mean, that's that's that, this is. I think this is about far as we can go tonight. I mean, uh, we've got plenty more conversations to be had. And I think we've talked about you know uh, bringing in Judy next too to be able to yeah. you know kind of talk about uh, uh, what that mature friendship and love means to her and what her versions of some of this. And we're kind of kind of carry this theme on a little bit over the next few episodes. I know my son has mentioned wanting to jump on too and. I'd love to have you maybe even interview my son instead of me, but <laughs> we'll see how it goes, right? But do, or did you uh, did you have fun? I did. Okay? Yeah, this is great. This yeah. is uh, this is all new. Like I said, it's not as easy as it looks, but um, yeah, looking yeah. forward to having more conversations, <laughs> more it. fireside chats. Exactly. We'll, keep, we'll treat it like that. And any last thoughts for the show or for our listeners? Uh, I don't really have anything right now. That's a good feeling. Yeah. I don't either. The mixed messages. Okay. Everyone mixed messages. Thanks for joining. Mixed messages. We'll see you next time. The mixed messages. Mixed messages. 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 messages.